everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. Today's guest is Mark Holman, Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility at Resiliency Building Leader Program. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Well, thank you, Tiffany. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. You may be asking yourself, we thought this podcast was about nonprofits, and it is, but we also focus on stories of donors, community leaders, and all topics related to philanthropy. And in this case, this topic is related to philanthropy. So let's get started. What is Resiliency Building Leader Program? Yeah, well, the Resilience Building Leader Program, uh, we, we are the actual credentialing body for the Resilience Building Leadership Professional Certifications. Uh, we offer three levels of certifications for frontline leaders, uh, middle managers, and senior leaders in organizations. Well, how did the organization get its start? Uh, I, I appreciate that question. It's a really interesting story. Our, our CEO and founder, Dr. Gene Coglin, uh, he and I, we've known each other for going on 38 years now. Uh, so we, we've known each other a long time. Interesting enough, Dr. Gene, when he was going through uh, his dissertation, his research for his dissertation for his PhD, he wanted to go forward and he wanted to write a dissertation around collective resilience. We all hear a lot about individual resilience, and that's important. That's very important for have individual resilience. However, when he started doing his research, there was something really interesting he came across. When, when he started studying you know, resilience, he dug in and he found a lot of data and research on individual resilience, but ironically, it was only done on children. Then he started digging further and looking for research on collective resilience, and he couldn't find any, and finally some popped up, but it was after 9-11 in our country. That's the only thing that he could find on file. So he started digging in, doing the research, doing the interviews, digging in. And he knew basically that in his very soul, this is what's right, collective resilience. Because ironically, you know, and he has a a video on our homepage of our site at the very bottom. It's only five minutes, but he talks about that when you start looking at a team, let's say you have a team of four. And if you build a collectively resilient team, as a leader. What you find is over time, those four employees start actually producing and coordinating and solving problems like four and a half or maybe even five employees sometimes. Because when folks are collectively resilient, what you find is that they persevere through organizational change. They feel a part of a team. They identify their purpose in the team. So their investment in the organization is even greater. And, and these are some of the things that come out of this. So, so he knew it, he was at a crossroads and he really had to make a decision. Does he go to get another job or does he back up, put this together? And he knew that he needed to create a curriculum and a training and an actual professional certification on leadership. As you know, there, there's a lot of certifications out there. There's SHRM, there's Agile, Scrum, PMP, and all of those are, are very good and they're important for folks in their development. But but in the end, they're, they're about processes, and that's what they're about, really. You need to know the processes. Those are very, very critical to know. But unless you're going to pursue a job leading machines in, in, a, in a server room, for example, you're probably going to interact with human beings, right? You know, yep. nine times out of ten. So, so that means you need to have some sort of leadership development in the forms of how do I build collectively resilient teams? 
How do I create a positive climate, develop cohesion and provide purpose? How do middle managers facilitate team learning across their teams from the frontline supervisor report to them? How do senior leaders in organizations support organizational learning so that that becomes the culture of our organization? So when change comes, and it will, it comes in every organization, we need to persevere through that change. But when you're not doing it alone, you feel much stronger. You know you can move as a team. You can operate like a team, solve problems as a team. And that's where the start began. And he, he launched this company in 2018. I came on a board soon thereafter. You know, he and I, like I say, we go way back and he had told me of what his thought was before he started building the company. And I remember we sat there for like three or four hours discussing it and he was sharing with me and a, like a light went on my head. I looked at him and I said, this is it. I mean, th this is the answer because, you know, I come from 28 years in the Marine Corps. I worked in the private sector for 10 years as a project program and operations manager. Dr. Gene did 20 years in the Marine Corps and he's worked for 12, 14 years in the private sector in Fortune 200 companies. But, you know, folks in the military understand collective resilience because the day you step off the bus at basic training or officer candidate school, you figure out in about 48 hours, you're not gonna make it through this by yourself. If you're not operating as a team, if you're not looking after each other, if you're not moving as a unit and covering each other and, and lifting each other up, it's going to be very difficult to see the insight of this. What made you feel that this organization was the right fit for you? This organization, you know, where I was at, it was certainly a great organization and, and I enjoyed it. And I, I resigned from there and I was going to the next thing, much like what Dr. Gene talked about, going to work for another Fortune 200 company. And when he reached out and talked to me and did some discussions and consulting and, and assisting him about a month after he called me says, Hey, look, I got to have you on the team. We're a startup company. He goes, but I need you. He goes, and I need you on the team. And I said, okay. So first of all, I was debating between where I should go, but this mission and this program and this company was built around what I believe also in my soul. There was a connection there. You know, you don't go through 28 years of leading people, developing people, uh, helping them create the environment where they can thrive. I did it in my in my civilian life after I retired. I worked with people and had several went on to be, you know, move from their position up to uh, senior positions. And that's what I think a leader's responsible for is to help others thrive and grow and create that environment. And this certification is built around that. So it's almost like, you know, like a one-to-one -one perfect match, if you will. So they always say, you, if you find something you love, when, when you go to work, you never work a day in your life, right? And I love doing this. I love connecting with people, talking leadership, discussing what this means to their team. And we've had several people earn their certification and come back to us and say, you know, look, I started implementing this before I even got to my exam. This is spot on. And when you hear feedback like that and people saying, hey, look, I'm all in. And they start seeing the impacts immediately with their team and sort of the, the synergy that's created within their team. Because... You know, what I found is, don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm, there's a lot of great civilian leaders out there, but when I transitioned and retired, I found people that were living in silos, literally people were 10 feet apart from each other in cubicles, they lived in Cubicle City, they hardly ever communicated face-to-face, -face, hardly if ever solved problems together, it was all, well, I did mine, now it's on you, they weren't collaborating, and that was just foreign to me from where I came from, obviously, right, you can understand that, but but again, that's where teams thrive. 
That's where organizations thrive. And the more of this folks learn, I, I just knew it was the right place for me to be. You know, I just felt it in my soul. Tell me more about the benefits of a team that adapts and grows together. Yeah, a- absolutely. First of all, you know, when you think about it, you know, the certifications we offer and collective resilience, and we talk about these certifications, professional certifications, it's teams that are resilient, that are communicative, and can easily adapt to change, allow a business or organization to scale and grow effectively. And that's really important. It, it is a collective social phenomenon in organizations where people rely on each other to accomplish complex workflows or projects or timelines together. And people benefit from this because some of the benefits you start seeing even through our value proposition we talk about is you start seeing like reduced employee turnover and increased job satisfaction. If you know your purpose, you feel valued. But very often people go day to day and work and no one defines what their purpose is, how they contribute to the whole. You see that Team learning that we, we support and we teach. Team learning clarifies purpose within both the team and the organization. Teams are more able to overcome adversity and they're more motivated in commitment. You'll start seeing this appear. And then of course, you know, you see decreased things like absenteeism. You see increased capacity for teams to solve problems. And then you see a higher productivity and quality of work comes out too. So those are just a few of the benefits and sort of the byproducts of building collectively resilient teams. Speaking of benefits, mm-hmm. I know that you guys probably have implemented it in your own organization. Tell me some things that you have learned about your own team through this program. It is amazing to come across people who believe as strongly and are committed to leading others in challenging environments. And they welcome that challenge and they're confident with it. You know, we have taken this program for the three certifications. And as we continue to grow, I'm very excited about the other areas. Uh, For example, uh, the RBLP team program is something we're working on currently. That is where we will take the first three lessons of create a positive climate, develop cohesion, and provide purpose. Take those, and it's targeted towards 14 to 18-year-olds about, as a team member, what is your role? How do you build a collectively resilient? If you're leading a team, what does that mean? About treating others with respect creating that environment where folks have a voice, things of that nature that are just really good skill sets for young teens, 14 to 18, as they start developing. Ironically, when, when all said and done and we're, we're finished, we plan on posting this on our website and making this free and downloadable to educators who work with teens, whether they be coaches, advisors, teachers, uh, they'll be able to get this curriculum downloaded and use it for free uh, to work with teens and to share this message in a dialogue. The other thing that really excited about in our growing is we've developed a continuing education program uh, for those who wanna to continue to expand and have discussions with other leaders. So that's something that we're working on as well and really excited about. So tell me what is the giving back program? Oh, great. I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> Being you announced me as the VP of Corporate Social Responsibility, that, that, that is uh, the program that I lead for the organization. Basically, one of our core values that we have at RBLP is taking care of our community along the way. And uh, very often, a lot of organizations won't even weave that. They, they certainly mention it. They talk about it. But that's literally built into one of our four core values that we have here at RBLP. And 
taking care of our community along the way is, is very important to us because I have, where I volunteered for various nonprofits over the years, as Dr. Gene has, as our other leadership in the organization, among all of our instructors, ironically, no surprise here, they all have a lot of volunteer background too and contribute and give back. And the RBLP program was created. And basically what we do is that we understand who we are. We are a professional leadership certification organization. And in nonprofits, very often, the budget is such that you just don't have, quote unquote, and I put this in quotation marks, okay, extra money lying about in order to provide leadership development and training for those leaders in your nonprofit, okay? That, that just happens. Because for every dime you take in, to take away from that is taking away from those that you were created to help. So what we do is we offer free exam prep training one-on-one -on -one with the certification coach, as well as the certification exam itself for those leaders within nonprofits that we partner with on select nonprofits in the United States so that they don't have to take money out of their budget and take away from those they're trying to assist and working to help. I met with a nonprofit leader just the other day, uh, a couple of days ago, and is a CEO. And they said, this, this is, you know, when I was done discussing it with him, he said, this is amazing. I, I've never even heard of this because this certification, if you were to earn this, it could be anywhere from $1,100 to $3,200, depending on what level of certification you're working to earn. We take care of all that cost. We cover it all for nonprofits. If when we partner with them, if they, a person leaves a nonprofit and they hire their replacement, we'll, we'll certify them as well and offer the same to them. So this partnership is not a one-time thing where we meet with them and there's six people who are leaders and we coach and we train and we provide the exam to those six and then we never know you again. Doesn't work like that. This is a partnership that we build. So over time, and again, this is something that when I had this discussion with the CEO and he said, this is amazing. He goes, matter of fact, just the other day, they had a budget meeting and he had all his leaders there from the nonprofit. And they figured out that he could you know, he, he managed to find at $2,000 per person, and he had 10 people, that they could pull that money out of the budget to provide some leadership development and training for their leaders. And he said it almost made him tear up because when they were having this meeting in the room, they all kind of looked at each other and says, nah, we're okay. We don't want you to do that. We'd rather have that essentially would be $20,000 back to help those folks we're here for. So they're willing to sacrifice themselves in their own development of leadership and learning and things to help others. So I told him, I said, you can tell them it's on and you can tell them agreed, put the $20,000 to help others. So that's what we do uh, in calendar year 2020. We committed $100,000 towards this effort. Uh, we met that goal and actually surpassed it to $114,000. Uh, this year in 2021, Dr. G and I sat down and discussed it, and he says, I want to double it. So we're committing $200,000 in 2021 towards partnering with nonprofits to provide free exam prep training and certification exams so that they have leadership development, and more importantly, their employees can walk away with a professional certification to list on their resume, and again, be out there and take no money whatsoever away from their nonprofit. Uh, that's what we're here to do. And right now, 2021 is off to a good start. We're about $36,000 that we've contributed thus far, uh, just as a recording of this podcast. And we look to meet and connect with many other select nonprofits in the U.S. Uh, that we can help that would be interested. What can nonprofits gain from being a part of the leadership program? A lot. Let me just answer that question up front. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Because what people very often forget 
there are for profits, there are government agencies, state, federal, and there are nonprofits. Nonprofit is a business as well. And a lot of people forget that they, you know, they're, they're a 501 C three, but you know, they, they file a 990, they go through the process, but they're a business. And the benefits that we talked about earlier here in the podcast, turnover can, can crush an organization because now you got to find somebody new. You have to put out a job offer. You then have to interview them. You have to go through the onboarding, all of that. That's cost. That's administrative cost in the nonprofit budget. So, so to relieve that through the benefits of building collectively resilient teams and creating the environment that people can thrive in and, and people are excited to be a part of and feel invested is a huge benefit for a nonprofit because people think, well, the nonprofit is different. Nope, people are people, you lead people. And very often nonprofits are actually more challenged at leading people uh, because I, I have personally coached people that work at a nonprofit who coordinate and have to build rapport and build a team because every event, this individual would have somewhere between 1,200 to 2,000 volunteers show up. Now, you, you've got to assign leaders. You've got to create the right climate. People have to feel welcomed. They have to feel a part of it. They're heard because if you treat people poorly when they come to volunteer their time, they're not coming back. And a leader who has a team for a while is assigned there to be, you know, the leader, the manager, whatever. They have time to build that. This person had to do it very quickly within hours. And all of these things we went through, they, they found a huge value. And the nonprofits we worked with have literally said, this has really kind of changed the dynamic in the way of positive for our nonprofit, because now people are working as a team to where they were very often siloed or separate. They weren't really communicating, connecting, but now it's even better. So, so there's huge benefits uh, because nonprofits really need that assistance because their mission's pretty critical in my opinion. I mean, yes. you're, you're helping people who are in need. Our country is dealing with a racial reckoning and diversity and inclusion are challenges for many organizations. How can the resiliency program help a team overcome this type of adversity in a nonprofit or a for-profit organization? At Resilience Building Leader Program, we can assist in overcoming this adversity through the concepts and knowledge we provide on the journey that you have to earning a professional leadership certification. Our message throughout our training is one of respect and trust. And curriculum itself, I mean, you can imagine is is always taught in a linear approach, right? I mean, that, that's the way curriculum is designed, okay? Um, however, in our practice, ideas and the concepts are actually interwoven and interconnected, which can get messy, right? So I like to think of it as a tapestry, if you will, one where we honor diversity and we value inclusion in our leadership training, thus integrating the themes throughout the entire program. And I think if, if more leaders celebrated the diversity of individuals, whether that be race or gender, but more importantly, all of that should be considered just standard operating procedure, right? That, that's the way we act as human beings and especially as effective leaders. But you often have to value diversity of opinion and people are gonna see things from different viewpoints. And that's what a true team comes together and thrives and you get the best of the best. And that message is taught through and through our program that these are the things that you want as a leader you need as a leader, right? Because imagine, if you will, a team of 10 who all think the same, look the same, talk the same. You're only going to get the same one idea because they're all going to be- Same product over and over. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and, and that's not helpful for anyone. So those are the things that, that we believe that can definitely assist in that. Okay. Where can your organization improve upon its curriculum? Is there anything that you would like? I know you spoke about the youth opportunities and working with, with the teachers. Is there anything that you can improve upon in your curriculum that may impact leaders? Well, I, I think right now we're on a, a very good standpoint. Like a lot of these things have really been vetted. What Dr. Jean produced initially out of the gate, it has been revised, it has been improved, it has been tweaked. Um, one, of the, one of our other core values at RBLP is actually we learn every day. We believe in learning every day. So that means if there's something new we come across with a different perspective, we've gotten feedback from our certification instructors. Uh, we've made tweaks along the way. You know, it's not one of those things where we put it in place in 2018 and says, well, we're good for good. You know, we never believe we're good as we think we are. We continue to always look for ways to improve and make it better. Our continuing education is getting into different things uh, that we provide and offer as well. Uh, things along the lines of emotional intelligence that we're working on. So when you think about that, uh, there are a lot of people who may or may not really understand that and what that means as a leader. And it's, it's pretty critical in your development. So we're starting to talk about those things as well. But overall, we have tweaked this program multiple times as we've grown and gotten feedback to make it even better each and every day. One last question, Mark. Mm -hmm. uh, at Talking Nonprofits, our goal is to connect nonprofits to the community. In your own words, what is community to you? When I hear the word community, the first thing I think of is me and us. Those are the two words that pop in my head. First of all, it starts with you. You, the individual, have to genuinely feel in your heart that you're here. And no matter how much money we make or don't make or, or the things we have, we, we are blessed to be here. We're blessed to have life and be here and interact with other people. And the next phrase is us. It's about us. Community is about us. It's not about individual needs. It's about sometimes you sacrifice the individual needs for the greater good of all of us. And sometimes that means you have to compromise. But me, it starts with me. I have to be willing to put forth the effort in order to be part of a community and contribute productively. And then I need to huddle around the us. We come together. We work together. We solve this problem, whether it be in our community, our group, our organization, and no one is left standing alone. We always have each other's back. And that, to me, what community mean. It's family in the end. Well, that's a great, a great definition. And on that note, thanks, Mark, for being a part of the podcast. Thanks to all our listeners. And speaking of listening, please take time to leave a review. Signing off now, talking nonprofits, connecting nonprofits to the community, wherever your community may be. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you very much, Stephanie. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Join me each week to learn about a nonprofit's journey by subscribing to Talking Nonprofit wherever you receive your podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the show, send a note via the contact form on our website. Until next time, be the difference.